Hello, and welcome to The Story Coterie, your audio home for fables, flash fiction, and literary amusements. Here at The Story Coterie, we believe that great stories come in small packages. So take just a few minutes, won't you? And listen to a new fantastic or domestic tale. And then come back hungry for more. If you like what you hear, you can read more extraordinary stories at storycoat.com. That's S-T-O-R-Y-C-O-T-E dot com. Today marks our first episode, which is by no coincidence on National Inspire Your Heart with Art Day. It encourages us to explore the many genres of art and let it inspire us in countless forms, including reading or listening to a new story. This week's tale is making its literary debut on the Story Coterie podcast. In the short story, We All Shine On, students in a home economics class transform after exposure to lunar matter. So get ready to lean in and listen. We All Shine On We were all good girls, before we touched the moon rock. Until then, we were sewing patch pockets on our midi skirts. Phyllis Brown still wore her tiny pre-engagement ring. We made curfew and seldom smoked. It was the year after a man had walked on the moon, and our school was already changing its name to Edwin Eugene Aldrin High. We had taken a bus to the Kennedy Space Center that fall. Some of us used the satellite display's photovoltaic solar panels to touch up our lipstick and tease our hair. All of us girls touched the moon rock. It seemed impossible that we'd ever go to space ourselves. The boys were too busy trying out the gyroscope and making cracks about how Betty Conley's brassiere resembled rocket boosters. At home, our mothers seemed to have already embraced the space age. Dinners were in pre-portioned aluminum trays. Tang ensured sufficient vitamin C. Our jello desserts were topped with whipped cream from an aerosol can. In home at class, however, we were learning scratch cooking and the correct order for washing dishes. We had edged our aprons and rickrack to the comforting hum of half-dozen singer sewing machines. We'd cried when our meringues were not perfectly sealed in our baked Alaskas, and we pulled humiliating hot puddles from the ovens. Our culinary training was intended to prepare us for the happy domesticity of marriage and motherhood. Without it, how would we have known the proper ratio of shortening to all-purpose flour? How to rub a white candle across a recipe card to make it waterproof? But our fingers didn't function the same way when we'd returned from our field trip. Sheila Ann overcooked Swedish meatballs so badly that even Danny McKenzie wouldn't taste one, and he'd been carrying her books for almost a year. Pecky Picklesimer, who we thought couldn't wait to get married and change her surname, said that she didn't give a damn if her poor preserving gave a man botulism. And if the attention that Betty's rockets got wasn't already enough, she went absolutely crazy with the electric shears. She cut two feet of corduroy of her midi and made it a mini that she wore proudly with patent leather boots. Right during class, Phyllis pulled back one pink rubber glove and tossed her ring into the dish suds. She'd pulsed the disposal and the racket was terrible. When he'd ask her what had happened with her and Johnny, she'd only say that there had to be more to look forward to than living above a gas station and making a week's worth of meals from one pound of ground beef. 
After the moon rock, we'd smoked more, colluding behind the bleachers and loitering at the A&W or Dairy Queen. We had to wash our hair every night. We started saying no to boys we didn't care for, and yes, oh yes, to boys we did. We'd ask them out on dates and dances, even if it wasn't Sadie Hawkins' day. We started raising our hands in math class. Some of us asked to switch from home ec to shop. We teased our hair to structurally inadvisable silhouettes and hid cigarettes inside. Or we didn't and grew it down past our derrieres and didn't care if we styled it in new and interesting ways. Sometimes our handbags did not even match our shoes. Back in home ec, we made a tunnel of fudge cake and ate the whole thing without utensils. Like animals. We were happy sometimes and scared others. We felt skinny in our new jeans until we didn't. We wanted something different, and sometimes we knew what it was, and sometimes we didn't have a clue. Sometimes, after the moon rock, we felt so very angry that our eyes turned to black pools, and we wanted to take a seam ripper to everything. We thought perhaps the lunar basalt had gotten under our skin. Perhaps it was a chemical reaction that made us feel everything more deeply. How could we have known? How could we have known that those tiny silver ships were already here? So fiercely economical in their aluminum packaging. It wasn't Stouffer or Swanson that had sent them to us after all. Those space-age meals the safety of our home freezers had propelled themselves to earth. The reflective lids had leveraged the sun's strength to rocket across the solar system. And every night that we didn't cook from scratch, we'd ingested the alien organisms disguised as Salisbury steak and Polynesian chicken surprise. They were sent to change us from the inside out. The Story Coterie is written and produced by Candace L. Colomb, recorded at the Urban Hive in beautiful Sacramento, California. To learn more about StoryCoat and its fables, visit storycoat.com or email info at storycoat.com. Our theme music is She Hits Like Whiskey by Above Envy. We're so pleased that you joined us for today's tale, and we hope to have you back for more. You can help the Story Coterie by rating, reviewing, sharing, or sponsoring. And you can learn more about requesting a bespoke story on our next episode. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading.